In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. We all like to see other people's disasters unfolding before them. You've done it before when you are on the highway and you see a horrible car accident. You don't just whiz on by, you slow down and you look and you see what's going on. You see all the flashing lights, the first responders, and you say, ooh, wow, wow, that's really bad. Wow, I feel bad for those people. But then you carry on your merry way. People do this when there's a house fire. They look at the distance off down the street, maybe across the street. They pull out their phone. They take camera, take the cameras out, and they watch somebody else's home or business crumble up with fire and flames. That's why I like YouTube. I love YouTube because you can go in and look and see what other people's disasters are all about. I used to be a firefighter and a fire chaplain, and I love to watch firefighting on YouTube and see what it's like, how people have changed with their tactics and in fighting fire. You can go into a courtroom, as we have been with various cases, and see the drama unfold and hear whether the judge and jury announce that somebody is guilty or not guilty. Car crashes, destruction, chaos all while we fall asleep on our couch or our bed. Somebody else's disaster, thank God it's not me. In a sense, YouTube and our obsession with it gives us the opportunity to be in the shoes of other people from a distance. We get what it's like to be someone else apart from us. Okay, Pastor, where are you going at with all of this? This doesn't sound very much like Christmas Eve. Where's all the joy? Where's all the fa la 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 la? Where is the sugar plum fairies and all of that other stuff? It's really that simple. Tonight is really about the fact that you have a God who does not simply observe you and the messes and the destruction and the chaos that is all in your life and my life and everybody else's life. And he does not simply look at us and say, I know whether you have been naughty or nice. He looks at us and he descends to become one of us. Tonight is all about the fact that God really loves to be with you, his people. He wants to be immersed in all of your destruction, all of your sin, all of your shame, all of your questions, your angst, your desires, all of your fears, all of your embarrassments, all of the things that you're looking at and saying, I'm just going to bury it with wrapping paper and tinsel and stuff myself with food and eggnog. But come December 26, life continues on. Chaos still happens, houses catch on fire, people get into car accidents, masks are still going to be around us as well as vaccines, and you're still going to be stuck in your sins and those things that you wish and hope that nobody would ever find out about. That is why God is born for you. He is utterly in love with you, his creation. As you heard from 1 John tonight, 
all about this love that he pours onto you. He is so utterly fascinated with you and with where you are at in life. And it's not always the things that make him proud and happy. It's the things that make you cower and cry out with fear. He is so fascinated with everything that you are about in this life. But this is not a fascination like somebody watching on YouTube or some scientist performing experiments on his creation, trying to see how we react or behave. What it really comes down to is by nature, when somebody else has destruction, chaos, and fear in their lives, we would rather just keep that at a distance. Feel bad for them, thoughts, prayers, energy, whatever you wanna to say today, people like to say, towards them, but I really don't want to take that on myself. Or even more so, whew, I am so happy I am not sitting in their shoes. We like to run away from other people's messes and disasters. It's easy to close ourselves up in our own little world, our own little homes of our tablets, our screens, and have our own little playlists showing other people's disasters and messes. And in the same way, it's easy to talk about love and happiness and peace and joy this season, as long as it's all on my terms. If I'm going to give to somebody this holiday season, if I'm going to be a lover of humanity, it better be on my own terms and in my comfort zone. I don't want to love all of humanity especially people who are bound up and wound up in sins, sins that I would never be caught dead doing. I want to love humanity that is safe, that I'm comfortable with, that doesn't inconvenience me so much. I want to love humanity in a way that doesn't drastically affect my wallet, my budget. I don't want to love a humanity that puts me or the ones that I really love in danger, or in an awkward sort of position. I will love humanity as long as it means that I don't actually have to deal with people and their problems and disasters. Let's face it, your love might be deep for one and shallow for another. Our love is imperfect, it's frail, and it's weak because the millstone of sin is still hanging on us and it's keeping us from loving as we ought, even in this most holy of seasons. But unlike you and me, God loves to be with you, his people. Even with our weaknesses, even with our rebellion, even with our shallow tinsel wrapped plastic love, despite all of our shortcomings and sins, God loves to be with you. His love is so much for you that he comes to be with you in a way that no one could even really fathom. He becomes flesh and blood. He becomes one of us, two eyes, two ears, a nose, a mouth, pooping in diapers and nursing from his mother. He comes to you to be a helpless little child who could possibly fear a God like this? And he comes to immerse himself in all of the disasters and messes and chaos that your life is all about 
so that you might experience the truth of what it means to have love and freedom and forgiveness and hope. Where we run away, God jumps right in. God jumps right into your life where you are at. He jumps into broken marriages and messed up families. He jumps into the prisons and the bars where people are drunk. He jumps into all of the cancers, the heart attacks, all the strokes, the pains, the variants and vaccines that only you and I seem at times never to be able to get out of. He jumps right in and he wades through all of this muck and this gump to sit there and look at you and me and say, here I am, do not be afraid. What kind of God is this? This is the God of love. The God who loves you, the God who takes on your flesh and blood. No other religion in the world speaks of God this way. Every other religion speaks about what you've got to do for God or the gods or the deities. This is God becoming just like you, just like me. Experience pain, loneliness, hunger, thirst, fear, and even death. All for you. He comes not to observe you and your destruction and your chaos and say, Oh, I just wish they'd get their act together. He comes and says, Let me pick you up in the midst of your sin and your chaos and your sorrow, and let me save you from sin, death, the devil and even yourself. St. Paul puts it this way, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of our God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. In the midst of the destruction, the chaos, the fear, the questions, and everything else around us, Rejoice! I actually am kind of happy tonight. <laughs> this is a night of rejoicing, but it's also a night of reality. This is not some sort of hallmark moment. It's not something that we can simply turn a blind eye to everything else that's going on around us. But nonetheless, it is a nice and joyous night, even with this warm weather. A night of rejoicing. Not because Jesus is watching you on some sort of screen trying to see whether you're naughty or nice. Rather than watching you, Christ has become one of you so that you may know that there is hope. I planned on those sirens to go off during the sermon. <laughs> Think about it, it's Christmas Eve. Somebody tonight has a disaster. I love that. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. He has come to pour out his love for you because the word was made flesh and now gives that flesh to you here and now. The new creation, the greatest gift that you could ever receive, the hope of eternal life, where the chaos is now full of peace, where the destruction is now rebuilt with newness and eternal life, where you, his people, are not shattered and scattered and battered, but you are his people in his pasture, you are his family. You are his family members that he has called and gathered you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Tomorrow we'll have more chaos, destruction, fears, loathing, and anger. But Christ is born for you. He's born with angels singing glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace toward men, He's born for the angels. He's born for Mary. He's born for you this night because he loves you dearly. Merry Christmas. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.